Warm welcome to our podcast. My name is George Raveling, and our guest today is the executive director of the NABC, the National Basketball Coaching Association, Jim Haney. Jim, welcome to our podcast today. George, it's always good being with you. You started back in 1992, and you probably don't want me to remind <laughs> you how, how long ago that was. But Jim, when you started ninety and as the executive director in '92, you've you've weaved this organization through some troubled times and along some troubled paths and that. What what do you view were some of your biggest challenges when you started? Uh, wow. <laughs> um, well, probably the biggest challenge, um, and, and since you were living it at the time, you know. Uh, was we really, the, we meaning the NABC, really did not have a, a working relationship with the NCAA. And the NCAA was basically, you know, uh, dictating, controlling, defining how college basketball was going to operate, not only on the court, but off the court and recruiting and, and other rules and regulations that were being passed. And the NABC had no voice uh, in those decisions. And so, um, I think one of the uh, first challenges really was uh, how how do you uh, when you've been on the outside and making no inroads how do you how do you get inside the NSA so to speak and and uh, have a voice in the decisions that were being made and I'd like to say that that was uh, instantaneous it sure wasn't <laughs> uh, but it was looking back it was uh, you know it, there were some there were some uh, disappointments and uh, challenges, and uh, uh, but I think we've come a long way. And not that we get everything we want, but I think we've had a we have a say in everything that's going on, and uh, and and that's a good thing. Yeah, how would you characterize the relationship between the NCAA and the NABC now, Jim, as opposed to back in '92? Um, probably the biggest. Uh, uh, really change, I think, um, is, um, again, uh, I mean, decisions were being made by committees, by NCAA staff, and there was no input by NABC. And now uh, the NCAA has, uh, in essence, created a board of directors for college basketball. Mm -hmm. it's, it has the name of, of Men's Basketball Oversight Committee. Uh, two of our coaches, uh, Bill Self and Ron Hunter, serve on that commi committee as well as myself as an ex officio member. Mm -hmm. um, and so everything that's going to happen to the game in some form or fashion is going to funnel through that oversight committee. And so um, uh, we have a significant say. There are, th there are 12 spots on the committee. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, we, we, ha we have some influence. And and uh, I think from a, from a staff-to-staff staff, uh, st standpoint, and, and as we all know, sometimes uh, before anything becomes public or becomes something that the NSA membership's gonna vote on, it's being created within, within the NSA office. And so I think we've made great inroads there as well in terms of relationships and, again, having the opportunity to, sh to provide a perspective that uh, so before something becomes legislation if it isn't going to work effectively that we've had some influence to stop it from moving forward rather than trying to fight the, the membership mm -hmm. over something and that's really difficult once something's legislation to get it overturned 
Jim, we've seen to enter a new era in, in, uh, in the evaluation of college coaches. We're, we're, in the old days, if you, if primarily if you won, you, you, you kept your job. But today, we see coaches with winning records, uh, the, the good, gra- good graduation rates, and, and their rosters are, are high-character kids, and yet they're still being fired. H- how much of a concern is this to the, to the organization? I think it's a big concern, and I think it's uh, – um, it's one that's not easily addressed because sometimes you don't have any clue where it's coming from. Yes. <laughs> um, a couple, uh, probably four or five years ago, we had a couple of coaches that were fired um, in December and early January, mm-hmm. and um, and we reached out to every Division One institution, athletic director, and and uh, just indicated that you know our strong opposition to you know firings at that time of the year because it. <laughs> It, it begs the question, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we haven't even gone a third of the season in and mm-hmm. you fired somebody, you know, what's, what's the background on that? And fortunately, we've seen a change in that, that we have had some impact there. Uh, we haven't seen those December, January firings. Um, but, you know, there, there is a wave. And, and right now, uh, I think we've, you know, the, the NSA tournament and, um, and the success of teams – uh, even you know who are not part of the five autonomy conferences mm-hmm. making their way into the f- final four I think it sort of ushered in a new era of expectation well if you know if George Mason can do it if, mm-hmm. you know if, if Wichita State can do it mm-hmm. if Butler can do it why can't we do yes, it yes and so uh, and so I just think we've you know it's 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 a dangerous spot and I remember a number of, of our board <coughs> members even speaking about that uh, when it happened, was it's going to create a, you know, an, a new expectation um, uh, for for you know, in quote sort of mid majors that mm-hmm. you know they can, they can get to the final four. You just have to have the right coach, mm-hmm. and so uh, but it's 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 really concerning. Going back to your your question, uh, because you would think a guy winning 22, 23 games mm-hmm. uh, in an institution that hasn't been to the NSA tournament for years. Uh, would uh, be uh, be on good ground in terms of his future. And his kids are graduating, right? Yeah. So, so, so Jim, the, you mentioned the, the the Power Five conferences. There's a school of thought, uh, while the voices are silent now, that believe that eventually the Power Five conferences, say ten years from now, will 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 move away from the present structure and create their own. Uh, uh, basketball uh, championship and and actually ironically the numbers would would fit them and, and they'd be able to do that do you think do you foresee something like that ever happening well it's, a, it's another really good question George I mean I, I think that the that the that the leadership of the of those five autonomy conferences are people that we know mm-hmm. uh, that have a great uh, um, feeling concern passion for uh, for college basketball and college athletics, um, I don't worry about about what's going to happen in the near future. Mm. But I do think, in terms of when the when new commissioners come in, mm-hmm. who come you know who may be coming not f- through the collegiate experience, mm-hmm. but coming through, through corporate life, corporate life yeah. 
may take a whole different viewpoint of how do I leverage mm-hmm. my conference? How do we leverage these five conferences mm-hmm. to get more money? And ultimately, it always comes, seems yes, to come yes, back to yes. cash. And so I, I do have the concern. Um, having said that, I think that um, uh, the ACC is sort of an interesting case study, I think, in that um, you have, you know, you have uh, not a 10 team conference, but you've got, uh, if my recollection is correct, 13 teams yes. in, in the conference. And, and so they go ahead, they, they, they play. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, Georgia Tech's losing. Yes, yes. You know, Pittsburgh, who was winning in the Big East, mm-hmm. won some championships in yes. the Big East, mm-hmm. isn't, you know, in essence, isn't coming close to winning mm-hmm. the ACC. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought. But from a coach's perspective, it concerns me um, that, you know, we could get to a point, again, where coaches that are at renowned institutions but you know the expectation is you know we have to win you know the championship or we have to you know you know the conference championship Mm -hmm. and i I just don't know whether duke and carolina uh virginia the the three you know sort of powers there uh right now are going to be any different you know five years from now ten years from now and so jobs that were good jobs Mm -hmm. you know 15 years ago may not be such a good job you know, on, in, a, in an era where only the autonomy five conferences are playing one another, somebody's got to lose. So, so what keeps Jim Haney awake at night? Um, well, um, um, I'm, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm sort of at a point in my, uh, my career um, that I'm planning to stay with the NABC for, for until uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so p- part of me is what, what all do I need to be doing to, um, create a solid foundation mm-hmm. for whomever would succeed me mm-hmm. to pick up and go and not that they have to follow my vision for the organization over these many years, but that it's stable and, mm-hmm. uh, financially sound. And mm-hmm. so that, that's certainly part of. Of, of that and then you know there's always something that comes up with the NSA right now it's time demands mm-hmm. on student athletes so there's there's always some legislative issue mm-hmm. um, you know coaching concern as we already talked about you know coaches who are have winning records graduating kids mm-hmm. who are being fired the um, the uh, graduate transfer issue is a big issue that we've been fighting for a number of years and now it's it's sort of tied up into into legal action um, and so um, that too impacts coaches. I mean, mm-hmm. there are some some coaches who uh, lost their jobs this year, um, you know. And if they didn't have kids who were grad transfers and, and would have stayed, you know, there's a good chance they may have actually made the NSA tournament. But but the fact that you know there were kids who left to, with the, with the goal of playing in a program that's on TV, uh, so they can get more exposure and more opportunity to be a, pro- a professional player. Um, you know, it just undermines that. And so the grad transfer is still something that is uh, very, very troublesome in my mind. Two last questions, Jim. Talk to me about the NABC and the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Well, um, uh, probably about 15 years ago, um, we were 
were becoming increasingly concerned that the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, which services basically the, the world of college basketball, um, was becoming, uh, and I think understandably so, uh, geared toward professional players. And because of the exposure of the NBA, because of the, of the exposure of some great players, uh, Michael, Michael Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, I mean, that ushered in a new era. Yeah, I mean, and so um, uh, college coaches were having, and frankly, college players who had great college careers but didn't go on to have the, you know, the great professional career were not getting recognized for the contribution they were making. So that sort of started the, the vision of creating a Hall of Fame. And uh, we've now, um, we, we, we partnered with the city of Kansas City uh, the mayor at the time, uh, his father coached high school basketball, so she was a big basketball fan, uh, went to the University of Kansas, and mm -hmm. Kansas, of course, has had lots of success during that time period as well, so she was really into it, and she wanted an everyday everyday experience as part of a, building a new downtown arena, mm -hmm. and uh, approached us about being that, uh, uh, that presence, and so it, it opened the door for a wonderful opportunity. Um, uh, as you know, the NCAA, uh, the NAIA, the Big 12 uh, had all had their head headquarters in Kansas City mm -hmm. and had moved out. So <clears throat> we were the, the lone remaining sort of college basketball uh, presence. And so um, it really worked out well. We've, you know, the building's been built. We, uh, 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 it's in the title of it's College Basketball Experience and the Hall of Fame sits within it. We've had 10 classes that have already been inducted. Um, and the response has been really good, and and uh, I think you always know that you're you're on the right path when we're getting calls now about well why didn't this person get in why didn't that person get in I want to get in how come he got in before me mm. so that I mean those are all I mean that that suggests to us that you know people recognize it's an important an important aspect of the of recognizing people who have made a great contribution to the game. I really want to enthusiastically encourage all of our podcast listeners, if you're ever coming through Kansas City, slow down and make sure you go by the college basketball experience and take your children with you. It's a piece of history that you, you cannot afford to, to miss. We're going to kind of close on this, Jim. Over the next six years, uh, Calipari, Izzo, Bill Self, Coach K, Bayheim, Roy Williams, they're all going to exit from the stage of college basketball. And that's, in my opinion, that's a huge group of, uh, of talent uh, that's going to be exiting from the college game. Who's going to fill that void and who's, and, and who's going to usher in this new Air Force? Well, you asked about what keeps me up at night. That's one of them that keeps me <laughs> up at night. Um, um, I, I think the the challenge uh, is not that there aren't there aren't very capable people. Uh, there are some outstanding coaches who are doing outstanding jobs. Uh, the talent is there. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any question about that. But the people that you identified, and you you, would, you should have put yourself in that group, but mm. you you passed over yourself, but. Uh, you, when you if you put those people, they they grew up in the game when it wasn't about money, 
Uh, frankly, it wasn't about recognition. Mm-hmm. They, they got engaged in the game and loved the game because they, they had their own experiences where a coach had impacted their life, mm-hmm. and they just wanted to help young people and teach them how to play the game and all the benefits so that come with par- being a part of a team and, and sacrifice and hard work and all, all, the, all the attributes we think the game provides to, mm-hmm. to its participants. Um, uh, the, the guys that are coming up, you know, d- never experienced, you know, that you might only be making 25, 30,000, <laughs> 35,000. I mean, the, you know, the expectation is now, you know, if you're not making over, you know, 2 million, geez, well, how come you, you think you- <laughs> about what you started with and what I started with in 72, I went to Washington State as a head coach for 24, uh, five. Yeah, you think about what you started working <laughs> with. Yep. Just in the, in, the, in the same ballpark. So I, I just, you know, so, um, but the demands of, of the coach are so different too uh, in that he's, uh, in many cases, he's viewed as a spokesman for the university. He's, he's got public relations responsibilities. He's got fundraising responsibilities. Um, and so the job has expanded uh, on campus. And so um, I think one of our challenges is not not just to identify. It's not hard to necessarily identify who are the or who are these young coaches are, mm-hmm. but to get convince them that they need to give back and sacrifice and and uh, give of their time to help lead. Uh, I like to say carry the flag mm-hmm. uh, for college basketball into the future. Uh, I think is the challenge and. Um, uh, but there are a lot of really outstanding young coaches um, that are there, uh, or younger coaches, I mm-hmm. guess I could say. And we 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 have we've just got to f- figure out how to how to impact them to to take on some responsibility of uh, championing the game in the future. Because if it's you know if we if we vacate because of lack of leadership, then there are others who think that they know just like they think that they can coach, mm-hmm. that they know more about the game than the, those who are on the, on, on the front lines of it. And all of a sudden decisions are going to be made that hurt the game uh, because they can't envision the unintended consequences of certain actions where coaches who are living it can see through you know, how legislation and other, uh, other actions will, will actually impact the game, the student athletes that play, the coaches that coach, um, so I, uh, it, it's, it is a great concern. And, uh, again, it's not about identifying who, who are the young guys that are, that are, that are succeeding. The challenge is to, 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 to get them to be willing to give of their time and their leadership to help be a part of carrying that flag. We'll c- conclude on this. How does Jim Haney want to be remembered? Um, Jim Haney wants to remember it as just an instrument and a vessel for God. Uh, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, I'm never comfortable with recognition. Um, I've, I had enough uh, disappointment and lack of success as a coach to realize that what the success that I've been a part of um, over to, to day 24 years uh, is beyond my ability, and I just, I just thank the Lord that He's sort of partnered with me in this position to do some things that I think have really helped people. And, uh, and I've had a great board uh, all through those years of coaches who uh, cared about the game and, and been very supportive. So it's, um, 
I just want to walk away. <laughs> Jim, thank you for your extraordinary con contributions to the game, to the coaches, and um, you, you'll be talked about for years and years to come. I think you've set the fundamental um, platform for, for coaching success in, in the years to come, and thank you for all you've done for the game, Jim. Well, George, that's really kind, and, and uh, I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to say that the pub I'm sitting in was your job. <laughs> Back, you said 1992, there was no question that this was your job. And uh, uh, tell a quick story in closing. Um, George and I are in Minneapolis for the Final Four. Carol and my wife and I are going to go for a little walk. It was a nice day in Minneapolis. We went out to the hotel and George was walking toward us and we actually congratulated yeah. you on the job. You said, no, you decide you want to continue to coach. And we continued to ch chat and, and we parted and you were going across the street and I was walking up the street with Carol and I turned over my left shoulder and about the same time you turned over your right shoulder and looked at me. I turned back to Carol and said, we're going to the NABC. <laughs> <laughs> so no. you would have been, you would have, I mean, Obviously, you would have not done it exactly as I did it. You would have had your own vision, but you would have been, I mean, I, what you would have accomplished would have been greatly significant and in many cases, you know, far exceeded anything that, that I've done with the NABC. But I appreciate the fact that you wanted to coach and gave me the opportunity. I appreciate the fact that you wanted to do this. So, I, thanks again, Jim. I know uh, you got a full day ahead of you, and thank you. And... Uh, the game is, is a much better game, and the coaching profession is a much better coaching profession because of it. Thank you.